right. Uh, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Aaron Alexander. How you doing? I'm good, man. How about you? How it's, you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to have you back. You were, of course, on the first episode of the podcast. Uh, I think I was definitely still kind of figuring stuff out back then, so oh, yeah. it's it's good to have you back once I sort of know what I'm doing. Oh, man. We all <laughs> figuring it out. It's all good. We good. We Gucci. But yeah, uh, you've, I don't know, it feels like you've had a relatively busy last few months. Um I know you you dropped the the YBB single with uh, Zarin, yep. and you've had um, a few shows that you've got to play. Um, but yeah, like I remember listening to an interview that you did with uh, I think the Independent Grind oh, yeah, guys. That's my dude. Yeah, Lucas is my guy. Shout out to Lucas. Yeah, and they you were kind of talking about in on I think that first interview like at the beginning of 2018 it was like just after you would release Metamori uh. and you were like talking about like you kind of had like some sort of writer's block or like it was just kind of tough getting to work on your new stuff. So I was kind of wondering what like what really was able to pull you out of that. I mean, I feel like uh, in terms of like writer's block, it kind of comes in waves, uh, comes and goes. So I feel like it's just a matter of time, really. Like. You go have you some experiences, have you some fun, go through something, and eventually the words kind of put themselves together in a way that makes sense. So mm. I don't know. I just, if anything, I say it's time. Just time and just continuing to try to make something good until like it felt right. Mm. So, yeah. You think there was anything that you found super inspiring during that time, or was it just kind of slowly, just kind of getting back into the work? Um, I mean, nothing in particular that's too inspiring. It's just like you, a lot of times with me, at least like inspiration kind of comes in waves. So like I'll feel, I'll, I'll feel the ability to do seven, eight songs in a row, but then there'll be times where like I can't get a song out. So I feel like it's just kind of, I don't know, you, you bottle feelings up enough that they feel that you're able to kind of separate them out oh, yeah, and you put them together reach some kind of boiling point yeah you hit some kind of wall and then it just it, it comes out in a way that makes sense mm. um but so i think during like i don't know you've all i think you've always always been like big on like tv and movies and yeah. like anime and stuff and I'm that always definitely. comes up when we talk so i guess i wanted to get um some wrecks from you maybe just you know starting off like in that that kind of downtime what what were you watching what what were you into at that point I mean truth be told I probably I wasn't really like super I wasn't going crazy on anime like I was like I think I was more so concerned with getting my groove back it was I don't know I was I was tripping like damn am I trash now like it was a it was an issue it was a big issue with me so I couldn't really sit down and relax and watch anime but one that i did watch that like kind of stuck with me was uh, devil man cry baby and i'd probably recommend that to anybody because it was just a crazy story it caught me off guard which is pretty hard to do because normally i'm able to call out any ending to anything so the way that shit ended i was like wow damn that i 
was that was deep. Do, do people not like watching stuff with you? Will you just be like? I mean, oh, I'm, no, not, I'm not gonna <laughs> ruin it for everybody. You know, I just, I mean, I don't know. I ain't gonna say it out loud because, I mean, unless they unless they welcome that, like unless they're trying to figure out what's going on, I'll say it. And you know, mm. I'll just I'll be right a lot of the times, but you know, sometimes I'm not, and those are the movies I like the most. So. Mm. It's funny. I, I think whenever I like end up at my parents and I'm watching like some like procedural like with my mom, I'll be like, "No, this is, this is there's something bad about to happen. This guy's gonna save it." This guy. I guess it's it, that's yeah. like the easiest type of show to guess, for like sure, the CSI like, or the whatever. But so formulaic. <laughs> it's way too formulaic for me. I can't. I can't do shows like yeah. that at all. Um, but yeah, so after, like, so you've kind of had this string of singles that you've dropped since Memento Mori. You had <coughs> Behave, uh, Everlasting, Journey of the Spiritual Playboy, and most recently YBB. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of wondering if you kind of consider these songs to be like, you know, I don't know, from the same kind of point of view or mindset that some of, like, your your album, your next album will be kind of... Oh, no. No? Not at all. Like, my next album is, like, a complete off, different. It's like a, it's an offshoot from everything mm-hmm. I've been doing. Um, these are just Everlasting, YBB, uh, Playboy. These are songs that, like, I've just been working on, and I thought, like, wow, these should be put out. Uh, I want people to hear them, um, but the album is more, it's not dark. It's actually more, a lot more upbeat than what you're typically used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I mean, I've only had like one, a couple albums, but it's a lot more upbeat than I'm, I'm typically used to rapping on. It's, I don't know, mm-hmm. some bangers. Got some bangers on it. And you, you do kind of get a little more conceptual when it comes to like the album stuff too, right? So maybe yeah. these those th- those singles didn't quite kind of match up with the the record. Yeah, I mean, like I definitely I like to I just I was making a bunch of songs. Uh, Playboy, it turned into Playboy kind of turned into an idea for another track on the album. So I mean, there it serves its purpose and like kind of getting the wheels turning and you know coming like it. It I don't know. I feel like those singles kind of helped me create the rest of the album because it got me in that stride to mm-hmm. where I could just continue making music. No, yeah, it's good to be in that kind of creative groove and, yeah. you know, kind of just flows out of you at some point. So, um, will you maybe please re-release Binary, though? That, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, binary. That, I don't know, that's been a favorite of mine. I, I always kind of like coming back and listening to that song and I, Hope other people will get to hear it again. I mean, probably eventually. Yeah. Um. I just I didn't I didn't really I liked it, mm. but I wasn't a hundred percent sure about it. Uh. And typically, you know, I do a bit more work, and I promise the next time I put it out will be the final time, and it'll be the best version of the song yet. So, it's, it's you know, it'll. I'm not sure when it'll be coming out, but I'm gonna definitely try to put my hands on it again, and we'll see how it comes out. Mm. So, and maybe you will have announced something by the time the interview is out, but I guess I would ask you to tell me a little bit about um, the album that you're about to release and kind of get the name and, uh, I don't know, kind of the concept maybe behind it. Um, The name of the album is uh, Kush Love Effect. Uh, It's kind of a play on words uh, from 
Kulschlaub effect, which is like this psychology. It's like a, it's I, I don't even want to call it an experiment, but they kind of take a, a actor's picture, um, and he's making the same face in all three versions of the picture that they show anybody. They just they separate it with another picture, like a the original one had like a dead baby, another one had like a beautiful woman, and then another one had I don't know. I'm not sure what the other concept was, but people who looked at the entire picture saw what they wanted to see. So they saw a happy man if it was the the beautiful woman, they saw a sad man if it was a dead baby, but in actuality it was they were all the same photo. I kind of thought that was like just a genius concept. Like people are going to see what they want to see regardless. So I kind of just put the music together how I how what made sense to me. I'm going to put it out. It's kind of like a big social experiment. Let people interpret it any way they want to interpret it, but have some kind of loose theme, I guess, mm. and and within the music. Is that concept something that you kind of heard about, like in your studies at school, or oh, no. is this just kind of just something online? Or I'm gonna be honest with you, like school didn't really school don't really teach you cool shit like that. <laughs> they just kind of like, well, I guess it it made me want to learn more about just wacky offshoots in psychology, but. That's kind of just came from the YouTube rabbit hole. Mm. So, yeah, that's what that's kind of that's how most of my ideas get churning. I just look at YouTube or Google, and eventually I'll run into something that like it's like, oh damn, that makes sense. Mm. That's hard. <laughs> uh, and I don't I don't know if it is a song that's gonna <coughs> end up on the album, but I, I heard some of the material that you had been working on and. Um, the the song joy was kind of oh yeah like i think that kind of felt like the most direct um like song to go with the kind of the concept of the album just because like it has like kind of the weed reference going on yeah. but it's also like kind of a i don't know a good word for it but like kind of a psychological theme to it too that like the weed kind of brings this connectedness, this moment between two people, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, Joy's definitely going to be on the project. Uh, that's that. That's kind of what I was going for. I wouldn't say it's a direct representation of uh, the album itself because oh, yeah. they're just a lot. It's I don't know. The album's kind of. It's good. It's just. I mean, I don't know. It's no, just yeah. like a. It's a. It's a. It's a journey. It's just like a. It's a journey. I guess it's the actual journey of this like spiritual playboy character i have in my head like you know the the song was just like the song but this is like i guess the journey that i was trying to encapsulate in the song kind of like fleshed out amongst it's funny like you say spiritual playboy i'm like the i don't know the first person like the first musician or character that comes to mind is like this cool like miles davis type guy i don't know who i'm sure you know he had all of his kind of crazy social life stuff but also oh, yeah, his, sure. his music would be so kind of conceptual and all that stuff so i know Maybe. for a fact he was tweaking like oh, yeah, outside yeah, of bit. like it's <laughs> miles davis yeah you know. but um no yeah and like i don't know just i i did really enjoy that song because like it was it was like a weed song without really being a weed song you know oh, like it's sure. not like 
fucking Wiz Khalifa, yeah. like, oh, where are all my stoners at? <laughs> uh, what's up? But, like, it had the kind of effect that I think a lot of, like, stoner rappers want their music to have. I don't know. Oh, man, that's, a, that's, that's a huge thing for me because, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going for that, mm. but, I mean, it's tight. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I've, Joy was originally, like, a breakup song mm. in my head um, because I went through a situation with a woman uh, a while back, and it kind of spurred. You know, can we roll for you at the road? We kind of had issues, not issues, but like I was trying to do the music, wasn't really paying too much attention to her, and had to break it off because I felt like I had bigger things to do. But I mean, I still rock with her. Um, it just so happened we smoked a lot of weed. Yeah. Yeah. So. And um, I guess I was kind of curious though if like. So you were you were writing really Memento Mori like three years ago at this point, right? Like yeah. So I, I was kind of curious if you think you've like changed the way you've like that you write your music in like any real like fundamental ways because that that is kind of a lot of time for like a young person and their creative process. I kind of feel like it's kind of quickly evolving for some people. Oh, for sure. Uh, I feel like. I still, I mean, I still write in a similar way. Uh, I kind of like to freestyle things out, get like melodies or flows that make sense to me in the context of, you know, whatever instrumental it is, and then kind of just fill in the blanks. Mm. So, I mean, sometimes I'll have a whole phrase that'll come out, that'll make sense and be like, oh, that works. Then I'll have some gibberish and whatever's blank, I just kind of fill in with actual words after like kind of sitting with it and playing it back a few times uh that's pretty much what i did during memento mori but i feel like now it's like that on steroids because the i don't know everything just kind of comes a little bit easier because i feel like i know like i now know how to make an album i now know how to make songs that was kind of the issue i feel like i could always rap but i always had a problem making songs that people want to listen to over and over again uh and incorporating, you know, the rap element and everything. And I feel like after Memento Mori, it kind of led me to this point to where, like, those songs are easier to make. I'm able to make songs still out of bars and not really have to sacrifice either or. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I, I see, like, sometimes you'll drop, like, little videos of, like, yourself, like, kind of in the studio setting, kind of, like, with your producers, kind of, like, hashing out songs yeah. and stuff like that. Is that, like... A setting where you're like very like kind of creative and able to like make things happen or is that just kind of where you have to end up to get the work done like do you end up doing a lot of the writing like kind of on your own um it kind of all depends because like uh sometimes if i hear a beat i kind of get locked in the zone i mean i kind of get locked in the zone like if i hear a beat and it's like a banger or whatever i feel like the energy with other people around me is super productive and conducive and making something that slaps and something that makes people want to move because I'm able to gauge reactions and, you know, look at how people are reacting to the things that I'm saying and how I'm saying it. But like when I get other beats, like a joy or something more somber, I like to go like to the park or go to, you know, go to like, I like, I do like being alone for my more somber tracks or tracks where I'm trying to, 
bar bar it out because like it's just easier to think that way. Yeah, it, and, and yeah, and it definitely is like kind of easier to like you're not gonna have a room full of people like hyping you up to like have a very like kind of somber emotional track. So yeah, for sure. I think the the kind of more boastful moments are probably good for the the group environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and that. There, there was a song on there that I listened to called Madness that oh, yeah. is definitely kind of that energy. And um, no, yeah, tell me about that one a little bit. Madness. I mean, I feel like a lot of the tracks that I was like, a lot of the tracks I worked at, like I worked at this job that I hated. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the energy from this project kind of came from feeling the feeling of being trapped in a place, like in a, thing that i hated doing yeah so- sounds like you're you're breaking out of something yeah i was kind of i was i was a little like i was a little upset because they had me slaving it was, it was tripping it was it was crazy so you know, i stopped fucking with it. i put it i put the emotions that i was feeling in a i don't know in a way that like people could understand outwardly i was frustrated and i wanted to sound frustrated um i don't know i was just trying to show people how i was feeling at the time because it just felt like I was doing the same shit over and over again to no kind of result. Yeah. So, yeah, madness came out of that mm. frustration. And no, and that kind of led me to think that, like, I don't know. I think a lot of people, like, it, it, it is like a very like vapid, like one-dimensional critique that a lot of people, ha- like, a lot of especially just people who don't know, like, a lot about hip hop have, right. but like. People who are like, man, me, people who are like rapping about like any, any type of like bragging or boasting, like that turns yeah. some people off for some stupid reason. But like, I, I don't know. I think you're a great example of like why like there's no issue at all like with someone like having confidence in their work and like bragging about it sometimes. And like, but also clearly being able to, um, Put, like create something more like thoughtful and like introspective. I don't know if that makes sense. No, nah, it makes it makes a ton of sense. I mean, I feel like truthfully, I feel like the only people who get mad at people for boasting are people who don't really have much to boast about. Mm. You know, they're just haters. <laughs> like I don't, like, I don't know. They just, mm. they just haters. I like, I like the swag raps sometimes. Like sometimes it get played out if that's all you do. But yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, I think. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm not gonna say I'm the perfect example, but like there are multiple dimensions to everybody. We're people, so I'm gonna boast sometimes when I feel good about myself. I'm a go on my sad boy shit when I feel sad. Like yeah. it's it's I feel like it's just human. It's just human shit. Mm. Oh yeah, and to you know, deprive yourself of whatever type of like emotional outlet you have would just be like really weird. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people think about it's that. Super when lame. They like make any type of criticism of like someone's like personal art, like that. And that's what a lot of music is. It's just like very like personal and like not meant to speak for like every single person that hears it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I guess that maybe, maybe that is a mentality that like a lot of people get from like, listening to pop music and like having every song like kind of built for them you know like i mean i feel like the listeners i feel like like consumers definitely are being spoiled from the artists because now artists are making they're not making music that 
they want to make. They're making music that they think are, it's gonna chart. So yeah. it's like, or go viral. Yeah, or go. I mean, it's lame. I mean, like at the. End, I mean, I'm not gonna say like it's lame. People got their way. They gonna do whatever they want to do. It's whatever. I'm not saying it's whatever. But I feel like artists who are strictly making music for the consumers instead of for for themselves for personal fulfillment they're never going to make anything different they're never going to make anything groundbreaking so it's no point of, i mean i'm not gonna say there's no point of doing it because there's a lane for everything but you can't really call yourself hip-hop that's not hip-hop so mm-hmm. like you said it's just pop mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm here to tell people what hip hop is, and that's that's what I'm. I mean, <laughs> nah, man, you know, no, it's, it's no, no, just me. You, you don't have to worry about that. I'm <laughs> but no, yeah, and like like you said, like it is the like highly creative, like groundbreaking stuff that pushes even pop music itself yeah. forward, and like brings new sounds into like what ends up on the radio, kind of trickles down. So I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Um. I guess I was wondering um, who all did production on this new album. I know you're always working with uh, B-Will and Eric and everyone there, but um, yeah, who, who else is on uh, the record? So, I mean, we have the usual suspects, you know. Uh, B-Will goes by Odds now. So okay. uh, we have Odds, um, Eric Christopher, you know, who just recently dropped a project. It's amazing. It's incredible. Sequences. Go check that out. Um, we have AP. Uh, you, you mean, come on now. Slaps. Oh, yeah. Slaps on slaps. On slaps, on slaps. Right, and he, he he's kind of been one of Zarin's main producers for a while, but have, have you released anything with him so far? It, did he do YBB? Or? Uh, no, he didn't do YBB. Me and uh, AP, we have... We have some songs, but no, nothing nothing released yet. Mm. Uh, a lot of it's on the album. A lot of songs that we've been working on is on the album. Um, Corey Paleska, um, he's like, where are you from? He's from Jersey. He's hard. Uh, he gave me a heart. He gave me a heartbeat. Um, my boy, Beat Nick D, he's from England, but he I met him in L.A. And he's hard. Uh, of course, seven, uh, sevens on there. Oh, yeah, known for his work with, uh, like I think he's done a lot of stuff with Tech, Tech, XP. Yeah. Um, am I missing anybody? B Nick, Corey, B E. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm missing anybody. But if I am, I apologize. I also have a lot of like vocals and things layering, layering everything. There's a lot of people that go into making everything sound great, and I don't want to forget nobody. So, yeah. uh, does Jordan Criddle do production, or is he just kind of mixing? He uh, mixes stuff? and masters, yeah. and he makes. I don't know. He takes it from like, I don't know. He takes it from like a ten to twenty. So, I don't know. He's a big part of the reason why the songs sound the way they sound too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came in be go crazy. So. Yeah, I guess I was kind of wondering what the conversations you were having with the producers were kind of like around, like when you were working on these new songs. Um, well, these songs kind of like came, these songs kind of came over a period of years. Like, I honestly kind of see this as like a 1.5 to Memento Mori uh, instead of like a full sequel. It still slaps, it's still better than Memento Mori. It's still, and 
any conceivable way. But it's like, it's not the one that we're, like we sat and like built it from the ground up. We just kind of we these songs like some of these songs we had we were sitting on for since 2017. It just made sense in this context. It kind of took a while for it to kind of like come together. It kind of snowballed. Like we'd have one song, and then we'd make like I don't know. We had a batch of we had a bunch of songs. We were just making a bunch of songs, and then these songs kind of all just came together and made sense in a, in the in the story that I wanted to tell. So we kind of put together this song that we had over, I guess, out of a pool of, I don't know, 30, 40 songs. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely, like, there's definitely nothing wrong with, like, an album being kind of, like, pieced together and, like, finding the meaning in, like, all of this different, all these different thoughts you've had and all this different music you've written, I think, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, just as valid to me as, like, just, like, starting from scratch and, like... Oh, for sure. Like, and, I, and I love the way that this one comes out, too, because it's, it's not it's not as samey. It's not as um, one note as... Uh, and not saying that, like, Memento Mori was one note or samey, because, I mean, it was... I, I do think it's... I still think it's a great album, but, like, I feel like this one breathes a little, a little bit more. Like, it, it sounds like we didn't make every song with one intent in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like we made all of these songs and kind of, like, put them together. Yeah. Like, in a way that made sense. Mm. And there there definitely is, like, Momentum Mori was big on, like, kind of that big theme of, like, mortality yeah. and stuff like that. S- but I guess, like, I think there was one or two songs that I heard that kind of touched on similar stuff. It is, like like i don't know mortality as a whole something you kind of just are thinking about less than you were like two three years ago i mean i I still think about it a bunch but like i don't know i don't want to rap about the same thing over and over again like it's just i don't know i I feel like that's a good way to lose interest of the people because i mean life is more than just thinking about death so i don't want to talk about death in every single song because it gets kind of bland yeah. yeah, I wanna I wanna make some slaps. I wanna get people hype at shows. I can't do that talking about people dying. That's not that's no fun. Yeah, you know, bum some people out pretty quick. You know, I'm not. I ain't trying to. I don't want that to be my shtick. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, it's not lame. It's cool, but you know, there's a time and place for everything, and that's not like the only thing. I'm not just one layer. Like I'm a person i feel all various different types of emotions so yeah so um you know speaking of the the shows though um i think one of your your bigger shows you've done so far was the the jid show you got to open oh, yeah, granada that one went crazy that was really cool that like one went super crazy and like Ashan's set was really cool too yeah. like he, he got a great response even as like the first act to go on yeah, but sure. i think like some people probably didn't realize that you were like not on the tour or something because <laughs> I don't know. No, like yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure you would have been just as effective, but like there wasn't any big intro. Like, oh, here's from Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah. Here's Aaron Alexander. Like you kind of just went out, did your thing, and people were like very like they were connecting with it. I think. Yeah, so. that, that's that's kind of my. I don't know. I, I like I like to catch people off guard a little bit. Just I mean, because at the end of the day, all, all that really matters to me is that people connect to my music if they like what i'm doing then they're gonna check me out i'm not really trying to you know 
I'm not trying to promo my social media profile before my music because that's not really what matters to me. My music is kind of first and foremost. And, like, I don't know. Like, Sean killed his shit. I rock with shit, like, super heavy. I rock with Sean. Like, we actually been kind of hanging out, like, a little bit lately. Uh, he's a very talented artist. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, shit. I mean, I don't know. That Jid show was crazy, though, because I wasn't expecting so many people to actually bounce when I said bounce, you know, like, fuck, damn, that, that ain't never happened before. So, oh, yeah, I definitely got a, got a good good crowd shot with everyone, like, waving their arms. Yeah, that gave me, like, too. a completely different level of confidence I'd never had before, because I didn't, I never really thought my music could get people to do that. Yeah. So. Well, that's a good feeling. It's an amazing feeling. It's, like, one of the best feelings, i say. So, of course, we're going to do that a bunch over these next few months mm. have a whole bunch of people come out to the next show we doing fuse v2 yeah. super soon oh, yeah tell mm. me about the the first fuse and that was uh at the end like around the end of march um at the the buffalo room yeah, march yeah it was march 23rd uh at the buffalo room uh we sold a lot more tickets than like i mean i'm not gonna say i thought we did because like we always had the intent to sell it out but it's like yeah, for the first time yeah it went yeah. crazy like i didn't like for the first i've never been a headliner of a show like so it was like to see that many people come out and that many people really rocking with what we were doing it was it was very like i don't know it was very inspiring for me because that made me want to go harder do more like put on more shows we're gonna put on more shows bring more people out all that shit because i feel like Fuse is a very good start, like a, a very good foundation for a culture that we're trying to build. Like we want to build a, just a, I don't know, create a gold standard for KC. And I feel like we can bring people out. We got to show that these, like these venues, like some of them cool, some of them ain't cool. Like they need to start booking us because we can bring people into these venues. Like y'all booking the same four or five acts and they ain't doing shit at all. Like, come on, dog. Like, Let's 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 keep it let's keep it let's keep it at a level playing field. So if yeah. you're just listening right now, Aaron is speaking directly to the camera, yes. <laughs> yes. making his appeal. Yeah, you know, because we're gonna be able to bring people out. We are gonna be the culture eventually, and if you don't want to get on the wave, you're gonna get swept away. So, you know, there's that. Mm. And no, yeah, and I think like a lot of people, um, I mean, it definitely is something very hard to work towards. But the fact that a lot of people do just kind of, like, talk shit on Twitter about, like, man, I, I should be playing these big shows. I should be doing this. Like, if, like, I don't know, it's something that you do, like, have to kind of prove to a lot of people that you can kind of build an audience. And, like, once that audience is there, like, it isn't, like, massively difficult to, like, bring in, like, a regional yeah. like artist and then you know do some of those and i'm sure you can book like kind of lower level national touring acts yeah for sure i mean like eventually I don't, I don't know i feel like more and more people should start booking their own shows because yeah. you know they're not they're not trying to book us they're not trying to book us in anything so if we start showing like you said if we start showing people we can bring people out it, it will never be a problem again yeah. i feel like you got to build that kind of leverage and show people that like whatever you're bringing to the table has some kind of value because I don't think a lot of these people think what we're bringing to the table has value. And that's the glaring issue in this hip hop scene, culture, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 
Okay, and um, so by by the time this is out, it will have already happened. But um, tonight you're you're playing with Open Mike Eagle. Yeah. Um, I guess I just want you to tell everyone what happened at that show. Um, what 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 that set's gonna be like and everything. What? Yeah. Um, that set. I mean, I feel like that set's gonna be. I'm gonna try to bar it out as much as I can. Uh, I'm not. I'm a little like unsure about what the crowd is gonna look like because uh, I'm just not, you know, it's kind of hard to gauge those kind of things. But I'm gonna bar it out. I'm gonna make somebody gonna like me at the end of it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a couple of fans at the end of it. Like, and that's really kind of my goal every show to walk away with a couple more people who rock with the music a little bit more and want to support and want to see what's going on next. So that's the one thing I. That's like the only thing I know. That that's the only like. Thing I know for certain, somebody's gonna end up liking enough to check me out after that. So, uh, are you doing any new material for the set or um, nothing that I didn't do at Fuse? I'm actually taking a few songs uh, away from uh, my Fuse set, and we're gonna run with that one uh, by Fuse Two. I definitely want to have some new material integrated into the sets because I'm starting to kind of see uh, that like the live show is a really good way to gauge, you know, fan interaction, see what they like, see what they wanna, yeah. see what they see what they're going to sing along to. There there are a couple of songs on Fuse 1 that we were doing that people were singing along to with like and I have not dropped the song yet. So it's just like, wow, it's crazy. Like it kind of it kind of allows me as an artist to see what the people feel about the music. So we definitely going to try to put some new music on the next next show, but it was just like these shows are back to back, so mm. you know, work a full-time job and whatnot. So I got to kind of balance that out. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, what is there anything else you can say about Fuse Two yet, or? Um, shit, are we, we announcing anything about Fuse Two yet? Not yet. Okay, yeah, anything. be on the lookout. It'll yeah, be definitely. Sometime in the next month or so here. You do not want to miss it because the first one went crazy. You don't want to miss Fuse Two. I mean, it's only gonna get better. You want to get in at the ground floor because, I mean, y'all gonna be like, wow, I was able to see so-and-so for x amount of dollars like it's cheap right now like so definitely want to get in all this all this hot you can still talk to me after the show because i will talk to anybody and everybody that come up to me after the show i don't care it's whatever like i'm appreciative of people click and play listening to the music coming out like thank you um what was i gonna say uh man i'm just drawing a blank here uh yeah what what else do you want to, is there anything else you want to plug or mention uh, on this episode? Um, I guess I'll plug my social media uh, just to, you know, do that. Um, so on Instagram is Neo, Neo Osho. So N-E-O-O-S-H-O. And then Twitter is Neo underscore Osho. So the same thing with the underscore between Neo and Osho. And uh, yeah, if you can follow me on Twitter. Aaron Alexander up on Facebook, like me on Facebook if you got a Facebook, um, all that. Uh, if you can stream the music, come to the next show. That'd be tight. Appreciate y'all. Oh, yeah, and uh, I was going to say, that's I remembered. It, there is a recap video from the first uh, few shows. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, make sure everyone go go and oh, watch that yeah. real quick. Definitely watch that because, I mean, yeah, you'll see what you missed the there. first time. It's some pretty, like, all the artists pretty stoked. It. All of them. Everybody went crazy. Like, you don't want to miss that because 
I mean, we're going to put, we gonna, there's even more artists on this one. And it's going to be, I don't know, it's just going to go crazy. Don't miss it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, visit shuttlecockmusic.com for the articles. Uh, shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com to buy t-shirts, photozines, and buttons. Um, don't miss any of the shows we have coming up. I'm not sure exactly what day this is dropping, but we have shows with uh, Show Me the Body, DJ Lucas, Amira Wang, and others, uh, Druge from OKC, and Nanami Ozone from Arizona. So uh, if those have not passed, do not miss those. But yeah, I appreciate you being on the show today, Aaron. I'm yeah. looking forward to the, the new album. Thank you for having me, man. You know, we go the new album gonna go crazy, man. You gonna you definitely gonna get a copy. You gonna you gonna see what this and, we're gonna uh, bring you through, bro. Oh yeah. If it and if you if you don't um fuck with Aaron Alexander, you're not a real Shellcock fan. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, cause this is this is like OG day, day, day one. one, like come on. <laughs> not I'm not one to, to, to pull that shit, but day one shit. Yeah, thanks for being here. Oh, man. Appreciate you.